0: Hello everyone, I hope you are doing good on your side cause for me it's a wonderful Sunday morning as I have just put the finishing touches on this episode with Justin from the Ultimate Games Master App. So as you know here is the pre-show. I give you the update on Double DM related stuff. First up, big thank you as we reached 1.800 followers on Twitter the other day. And that's massive. Thank you so much. Next up I have the worldbuilding panel, Why Your World Matters organized by Jason Zollinger and me with Sage, Eli from Mayday Roleplay, Mark from Check These Out, Lex from Tetano RPG, Ben aka Never Not DM and Ewan from Lost in Transmutation and do you know what? It's coming on the 18th of August, yes this week on Wednesday. Two hours of some of the best discussions around worldbuilding, it's been a long time coming but mark your calendars cause it's definitely here. Niels also has a Twitter account now, at sin underscore ira underscore art, where you can watch Niels draw his amazing art. With that, the last thing I should do is ask you to give us a nice review so we can get the show in front of more people. Recommend us to a friend, we do appreciate it. And now, enjoy episode 28, the ultimate Games Master app. hello and welcome everybody to the next episode of double dm podcast and boy oh boy do we have an amazing episode today oh yeah we have just finished the interview with justin who is the lead developer the developer of or one of the developers of the ultimate games master app and we're now recording our recap for the week and boy oh boy that app looks amazing your ass it does It's everything I want because it basically can do everything I as a DM need to do but quicker than I do it right now. Yeah. Adding a random encounter. Just a few clicks. Adding music. Just a few clicks. Building your own random encounter table. Just a few clicks. It's always just a few clicks. Five, six clicks on somewhere and you're done and then the rest is up to you you can customize so much in this app which is great because ttrpgs are customization as heck right everybody plays them their own way you, you can't find the general formula to play these games as long as you're having fun you're playing the game correctly right yeah this app doesn't do anything of let's do x and it's the only way to play with this the app is only the basis you build on you the role playing is not hindered by this in any way you can add scenes where you add music that gets started at the moment you can add in the streamer mode because the app has a streamer mode for streamers and where you can then have cinematic introductions to that scene you have character sheets which are animated and everything is highly customizable to your own playstyle.
1: and it's just so fast because in the episode our guest will tell you or t- uh, show us something uh, uh, on screen but you can't see that but it's all just in very easy drag and drop menu so you just everything you need is just in a bar below you just drag it into the scene you want to create it
0: in and mm-hmm. customize it and bam there it is want to add a trap boom you you did you do open the drag and drop menu, click on the trap, pull it into the encounter you have. Then you get a button, activate trap, modify trap. You click on the modified trap. You build your trap. Let's say a collapsing roof as we did in our example. You do that in like three minutes maximum to build this entire trap on the fly. Build anything around it, how it works. You can air sound. You can, it's mind-boggling how fast you can be with this app. Like, Obviously, he is fast with that app, right? He has built it. he 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 knows how this a- app works. but like I can see myself when I get into this app that I can do be that quick as well yeah if I find my way around it and that's what I'm looking for like in the episode I asked him several times how does this app improve my playstyle because that's the only thing I'm looking for I have a playstyle I like that playstyle and I play with it I won't change the playstyle not drastically at least having something that can support my playstyle but also 500 million different other playstyles on the planet that's what I want I want an app that helps me play my style but isn't made by me only for me and this app looks like exactly that
1: but we shouldn't get too much into it because you should listen to the interview it's It's just awesome. It was a fun time. I learned a lot and I'm interested like crazy in this app. But did anything happen to you this week, Emil? Ah,
0: a lot of stuff, I would say. One big thing was I had a session. My players were entering a dungeon and were trying to find a place to rest. They found a place to rest and basically the first, out of the first five checks they did, the paladin rolled four net ones. Ah, I feel that. Like he rolled... Net one, net 1, 17, net one, net one. <laughs> yeah, I actually had something similar in my in one of my games, but and the player was like, "Okay, I'm leaving if I'm if I'm rolling another net, uh, net one." He didn't roll net one the entire session after that. Rolled a few net twenties even because it was it was a fairly roll heavy session, not combat, but it was a lot of stuff in create a lot of dungeon crawling, perception checks, and saves against traps. Investigation, history, all of that stuff. When your players ask you questions like, "Okay, what do I know about this weird painting or weird mural I found in this dungeon?" Recalling information, all of that is is rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah. And then then that substitutes a good role play because they also did a fun but a bit of role play because they didn't have to be in this dungeon. Yeah. I was asking myself the whole time you were in this dungeon because you well you were hiding from a stalker, which is a monster in my game. Why the, the stalker didn't follow you in the dungeon? Why are you going deeper into the dungeon? Because that's what players do. That's the thing players don't do that. Yeah. It's it's not. It's, I have I have trained my players to not be this. The DM puts something in front of us. We now need to explore. Like they were like that when I when I gave them something, they were always like, "He has worked on this. We need to do it." I'm like, "No, it didn't put work in this. I I'm just making the world so you guys can play in it." Yeah. So. I don't care if they enter in that dungeon or not. Yes, I have something prepared, but like, even if we don't get to it, I don't care. It's It adds to the story, and my players know this. My players are not the type of players that just go into a dungeon because I put a dungeon there and want them to go in the dungeon because I don't want them in the dungeon. I don't care where they go. If they want to go into the dungeon, I let them. The thing was that two of them were like, well, now let's find out what's down here because we don't know what... Nobody knows anything about this dungeon. What is down here? what what, what is? Why is this here? And they still don't know a lot. They, They ended the session on a very, very fun note because... They entered a room with a big door with four snake, snake hats in the door, Mm -hmm. big snake hats out of jade or crystals and very, very beautiful, open mouth. And in the room, there were four pedestals with four colored balls on it, like stone stones. Mm -hmm. They couldn't go to the door. So they now have... Picked up the stones because the stones look like the snakeheads. Obvious conclusion: put the balls into the snakeheads. They picked up the balls. Three out of four balls are now in the hands of players, and all those three players are cursed.
1: Ooh.
0: They they've got a specific curse on them that basically forbids them some actions. Uh one of my players is cursed, or Dragonborn Paladin, and he is not allowed this to communicate that he is cursed to another player. He's not allowed to say, I am cursed, right? Mm-hmm. because then would be the obvious answer would be to, to lift that curse yeah his his form of talking changed he is now a detective <laughs> he plays the role of a detective he needs to find out there's a mystery afoot in this room mm-hmm. with the players inside other three players player characters inside there's a mystery maybe a murder or someone stole something and he's the one to have to find out but the others should are not allowed to find out he's a detective So so now he needs to play another role. And that's the fun part. How to end this riddle is just by, well, lifting all four curses. And then being able to put the balls into the snakeheads. So basically the challenge for
1: your players right now is communicating that they are cursed without telling everybody that they are cursed
0: i mean it's pretty obvious when when the dragonborn paladin becomes a detective in in his form of talking but obviously all of them have a note you're not allowed like your objective is not for the others to find out that you are yeah which which is the important part you're not allowed to communicate that that you have a problem but the others need to find out you have a problem yeah. Um and and the problems are fairly obvious. Like it's not like there are patterns, right? The detective needs to ask a lot of questions. He needs to find he needs to find out what the mystery is. So he's going to ask a few questions that are weird, like out of place maybe. What did you do why do, why are you here, right? those mm-hmm. questions those that are easily answered one of the other players is only allowed to talk in opposite like like it's opposite day so he's only allowed to say no this is not true even though the statement is in fact true ah. he's, he he is not allowed to say true statements anymore oh another that, that's is, fun another player is only allowed to speak as the third person not from him as in the third person but in a row someone's talking someone else is talking and then he's allowed to talk then someone else talks. Someone else talks. Then he's allowed to talk so again. So he's
1: just uh, he's uh, just allowed to speak as the third person in a conversation.
0: Oh, that. Oh. <laughs> and, and and the most important part: if that player gets interrupted, they need to stop. They are not allowed <laughs> to talk over someone else. Oh. <laughs> they need to wait their turn to speak. And as soon as someone else raises their voice, they need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> wow, that it's genius, right? <laughs> That's a fun one. Not my idea i found it on reddit uh it's a big thing The curse, the cursed passage stones it's a great simple puzzle yeah i gotta implement that in my campaign with, with puzzles i always am like yes i understand that they are not character based a lot of the times it's the players finding out the information that the characters should know and how to do the puzzle right yeah i like them I, I love I love them as, as simple challenges, but they should always include roleplay and character options. Like if yeah. we have a closed door, the barbarian player who might be an academic and finding out the math riddle is plausible, but the barbarian won't. So I let players play out their characters and there is a way for their characters to solve this riddle always, but the players get a little bit of way into how to solve this as well and, and stuff like that. It's a balance, which is why I don't do it often. I just do it at the appropriate times and moments mm-hmm. where it's fun to add a little bit of challenge to something that is not an encounter of social or combat kind, but just an obstacle they need to overcome, yep. but don't know how to overcome, because that is a puzzle. And basically making those a little bit more complicated than just rolling a check is what I want.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- that sounds that sounds like a fun one.
0: Anything for you?
1: Yeah, there is. Two things, actually. Uh, One thing... On Sunday, I had a, had a great, great, great session It lasted for four hours, five hours, and it was nearly all roleplay. Mm-hmm. I think in the whole session, we rolled like dice five or six times, so, uh, something like that. And the rest was just inter-party relationship um, development, story uh, development through just conversations, talking, having fun at the table, and just having a good time. That just hit the spot. That's awesome. And the second thing is we had our Witcher campaign or Mm -hmm. one session of the Witcher campaign. That was, I love it. It was, (laughs) I'm so hyped for the next one. I can't, I I really can't wait. It's just, we got to wait a bit because of work and other life stuff, but I don't want to. It's just, (laughs) yeah. We found basically the big bad, found out who he is, where he is and what he did. And now we have to... go to the place where he is right now and that's a lot it was <laughs> yeah F- fighting monsters in witcher yeah that's normal but we didn't really fight the monster for more than two turns i think because yeah. our because our witcher was one shot in the first round of
0: combat now here's why i like this ttrpg right because it basically shows you w- how the games and the books work in the witcher universe you are a hero. You you are as a, a witcher. You are incredibly strong. You're an incredibly good fighter. You are basically superhuman. Yeah. That means dark shit if you're not prepared, if you're not careful, if you're not really watching out for yourself. Yeah. The thing is, you're still so incredibly mortal if you don't do what you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. But turns out getting hit by a stone troll right on the head isn't so healthy either, even for a witcher. That's not...
0: Yeah. And then
1: running out of the ruins and blocking or deflecting boulders with wind magic it's just it was awesome mm. and even though i blasted wind at one of the boulders it just hit me in the face yeah that hurt not strong but
0: enough yeah no but th- 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 that's why this game is so interesting to me because it and basically conveys perfectly how these game how the witcher universe is supposed to work yep. it's magical it's fantasy but it's so violent violent and cruel. You you can't die in a single hit. You basically have no control at the moment you get hit. You when when you when you're dead, you're dead. Basically there is no magic that can bring you back. There is nothing, you're dead. And it was so close with our Witcher dying. And Yeah. Then you running away, the chase scene through the dungeon and getting out, getting to Oxenford back, getting the Witcher healed. And his because the Witcher took a critical wound from this, healing that critical wound, which persists for several days, like yeah. four days after the after the fight, he still had a minus one to every check yeah. done with his right arm because That's... of any of the injury he had. It shows that the Witcher game isn't isn't this high fantasy. You're the hero type of game like D and D mostly is, mm. but it still is. You're the hero. You just need to be fucking careful what happens. Yeah, and if you go monster
1: hunting, fucking prepare for that. Mm. Find out which monster it is first then prepare some potions and oils and tinctures or whatever yeah. and get the right armor, perhaps. Or if they uh, ignore armor, then just scrap it and then
0: go fight the monster. All that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think we should get into the discussion with our guest, right? So, yeah, we should go into our discussion with Justin from the Ultimate Games Master app.
1: So, hello and welcome back. With us is now our guest. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Who are you? What do you do? How did you get into TTRPGs? All that fun and stuff.
2: Cool. Well, I'm... I'm Justin Heesman. I'm the um, one of the creators of the Ultimate Games Master. Um, I got into uh, TTRPGs back in the '80s when um, when I was at school, and I my first uh, dabbling with uh, with role play games was with D and D Second Edition. Long ago, I got the books. I loved the cartoon, um, which my kids are actually watching right this second in the other room, and from there it, it kind of it kind of grew and. And I, when I went to like secondary school, I, I forgot about it. Um, didn't play for quite a long time, and then dug it out again about oh, about five, six years ago. And um, when it was fifth edition, bought all the books again, and. Here we are <laughs> kind of where where my my little road to to uh, where we are today. It, it goes on straight from school. Mum and dad bought the books and um, I love the artwork in them as well. It, you know, Even if when I first got the books, I probably didn't know how to play it. I was looking through it, flicking through it. I think, oh, this is really awesome. And just rolling some characters up and probably played just, uh, just a handful of times, um, but didn't really get back into it till a good few years later. Yeah.
1: Speaking of characters, did you have your all-time favorite player character? Well,
2: I've always loved magic users, so I was always a wizard. I was always the wizard in the group. I don't know, um, everyone else was like, oh, be a fighter, be someone with a bit of brawn and a bit of guts and stuff. Nah, I like to stand behind and just chuck fire and (laughs) (laughs) just, just do things that I couldn't normally do. I mean, you know, anyone today can still pick up a sword and hack things up, but you can't sit there and and chuck a little flame
0: or throw a fireball or anything like that 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 was just that was awesome yeah same for me with characters i always like playing at least a little bit of magic in my games as a player yeah so the ultimate game master app what is that about what does it do can you explain a little bit about it of course yeah well we created the ultimate
2: games master app, well i i created because i'm a developer i'm also our gm for our game and i used to have um a tablet for music and sound i had a tablet for my campaign notes i had a big pile of books i had my maps drawn out in front of me and it was just crazy it it was so hard sometimes to to just find what i'm looking for and i thought well one day i i I went away and i thought okay well i'll i'll put together an app just some just something small at the start just something to just keep everything in one place and i went away and i put my campaign notes and everything in something first um i thought that makes life easier and then i still had my tablet for like messiah escape and stuff like that i thought okay let's try and implement some of this stuff So I created all music and sound firing tools within there as well and then you can also link that to sirenscape so if you've got sirenscape you can use it but from within the same app so that's great i've got rid of that tablet now i've got my campaign notes i've got my my sound and my music great uh what what comes next and we thought okay my players were feeling a bit left out so we'll we'll add in a character sheet for them so i developed a a, at the the time it's just a 5e character sheet that they could use and i networked it up so that it's all connected so you've got I've got an overview of who's um, who's playing. They they can see that they're connected to me, and when they take their hit points off or whatever, they make any changes, it changes everything on on my device as well. So that was that was working really good. And at that point is where we decided to take it to the UK Games Expo. So we took it to the UK Games Expo just as a very raw kind of product, just to see what the the feedback was and and people loved it. They really enjoyed what it what it gave them, the fact that they had like most things on the one device and they had the network play there as well. So we went away and developed it further over the next year and took it back to the expo. But this time we had things like a spectator mode, which then went on to become the streaming mode as well. The GM tools was no longer just for campaign notes. You had all your compendiums in there as well. So if you've got, I mean it comes with the base open source libraries from uh, wizards so you've got all the srd and stuff like that in there but if you own some of the the actual content you can add that because it's it's completely customizable and you can homebrew or add anything that you own into it and have it all on the one tablet and then with the spectator mode it enabled us at out at the expo to demo demo what we're doing and have it affecting the party but on the big screen so they could so everyone that was watching could see exactly what's happening it goes boom, Boom, big animated things as hit points get taken off and XP flies across the screen and, and people were loving that aspect. And then that's we were asked a question about, could that be put on a stream? Because it would be awesome to have your live stats with the animation stuff, but on your stream. And we thought, okay, well, I'll see what we can do. So that's where the streaming mode came into it. So where we are today now, we've got the player mode, the GM mode, The spectator mode, so if you've got a spare device, you can just have an overview, or the streaming mode, so you can overlay it on your um, on OBS or XSplit or whatever um, streaming software you use. And it's just got to that point now where we thought, well, there's not a great deal we can that that needs to be added to be released as a as a a, you know as a product. So hence why we're launching it yesterday with a Kickstarter, and that's where we are.
1: (laughs) <laughs> sounds like a lot a lot of features and you talked about it started with just the 5e character sheet right yeah but is it still just D, or is it all ttrpgs in general
2: no it's we went from that because when we was at the expo people were saying oh it'd be really good if it worked with xyz and we thought okay so i introduced a bundle system which enables you to uh, download a rule set so if, if there's any open rules for a particular game set like there's a prd for pathfinder uh, there's one for Starfinder, pathfinder second edition DD 3.5 and 5e they're the five that we're kind of launching with but yeah any, any open rule system we can we can add ourselves if there's anything out there that there is no rule system for then our rule editor enables you to add them yourself so if you're creating a, a ttrpg yourself um you can actually create your rule system within ugm and and play test it uh, and there's there's also a, a feature that we that will enable you to maybe print out your rule system and your compendiums in a really nice format so that you can output it to say a pdf or something for distribution on whatever platform that you that you sell on but it enables you to without having to do it like a word processor kind of thing you do it within ugm create your rules create your monsters, your items, and all your lore and everything you want in there, and then just click output to PDF. And then you get everything as an updated PDF and you can continually update your product. Um, so yeah, it's completely open. People can add what they like. Um, you can customize what you want. You can homebrew whatever you like. So if you've got a base set of um pathfinder or D D or something you can go in add anything you like you can tweak the rules if you want to if you if there's certain rules that you like playing like you know there's a lot of people on on youtube and that that give you alternate rules for certain things like i think one of them's a dungeon coach he always throws a lot of new rule systems out there you could just Add them if you wanted to, um and then play it in your in your game when you when you link up with your players.
0: Nice, that's really interesting. Especially creating your own rules in the game in in the mm-hmm. app, which is a very helpful feature for those that want to write their own TTRPGs and still don't know how to format or design a, a PDF. At yeah. least have, a, have 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 something that supports them creating their own rules because they are good at creating the rules but not good at creating the actual layout or stuff
2: yeah that's right
0: so i wanted to ask you one question, because I think you've named a lot of features already. <laughs> what is the coolest feature you have, in your opinion? The coolest feature? I, yeah. I, will, go, I will go with two,
2: if that's all right. Yeah, that's the all right. They're very different. I, I love the encounter system because it's easy. To generate an encounter is so simple. It's just you, you build up your encounter. With that, you've also got reinforcements in there as well. So you can bring, bring monsters and stuff in later on in, in the encounter. So you can queue them up. So there might be like a big bad down down in a different room, but he's working his way across. So it's going to take him five rounds to get to you. So you can say, okay, this guy's going to get to me in about round five. And you can build that up. And then you don't have to worry about it because you know it's all queued up ready for you. So as you're as you're playing your encounter out, this is counting down and getting closer to you. And then, he's, then he enters, initiative is rolled, and boom, he's there as well. So that is really, really cool. And that, that links in with obviously the loot system as well so you any bad guys you kill they might drop loot so that's automatic for you Um, you can have an encounter loot as well so if there's a particular thing that is in this room that you want they've got to defeat all these bad guys to get to uh, you can add that in there as well so that is really really powerful it would auto generate an xp element for you as well so if you're playing with xp Based on bad guys killed, you can do that. So, you know, when you finish your encounter, it automatically will create you a loot drop, it will automatically create an experience. Element. So you just click on them, they fight, you the know, the players get it on their screen, they fight for the loot, um, and you award the XP. And if you're running in streamer mode, it appears on the screen that they've all just sort of got loads of cool stuff and leveled up or, or whatever. So that's the first, I think the first really cool thing that just makes your life really easy. The second thing I would say is probably the spectator streaming mode because it enables you to just get any old device and see the overview of your party. And that is just really useful. So as, as a GM, I don't have to have a different screen open to just see how everyone's doing i i can just have you know my phone for instance it doesn't have to be anything powerful so i just have my phone on the side and that just has a whole list uh in in a nice format of all the characters with their with their portraits and stuff i can see when it's when things are being affected on them as well and then that will then link through um and you've got the streaming mode off the back of that as well so you then overlay your uh live camera feeds so you've got the the overlay comes from your um, from ugm into your streaming software you then have your cameras over the top of that and you've again you've got some great animated stuff that immerses your your viewers so they don't feel like quite left out sometimes when you've got static data you've got like an ace you display their ac you might have some of their ability stats and that's it and um, well with ugm you've got live everything is live and connected to their to their character sheets so when they take hit points off it's shown on the stream when they do certain things it's shown on the stream and then as a gm you can also output things to your stream but not your spectator because your players might be using the spectator and you might not want them to see certain things so you can output some bits to your stream like if for example you're talking about a magic item that they've just found you can click a button and it'll pop it up on your stream the item you're talking about so it has the stats of the item the description and things or one thing you don't want your players to see but you might want your streamers to see is maybe some of the, the monster the big bad monster that they're about to that they're fighting so that can appear in the bottom corner again it's live so their hit points are deducting and stuff so people watching can get really into into the flow of it and be immersed in the game as well so it, it adds the immersion for not just the players but the people that are watching i think sometimes they they lose out with so yeah they're they're two they're two things that i i think are really good I mean, there's loads of things in there but they're, they're two of the ones that i think are are, are great one for the gms and one for people watching
0: that's nice because especially when i watch streams i always have a problem like i look at this and i feel immersed enough listening to the story listening to them playing but especially when it comes to combat which is a Mm. big discussion uh, in a few circles i'm in right now how streamers and podcasters should do combat because Mm. long drawn out combats is not only could be boring for the players but it's especially boring for the watch for the listeners or viewers because they are not actually rolling dice they are just watching yeah so a lot of a lot of them are finding ways to either make the combat quicker and more cinematic or more interesting but then again the next talking point becomes how do you make the listeners or viewers more involved in the game actually which this app could possibly provide that's right i mean we
2: you know seeing things happen in real time for them, I just think that makes it a bit more interesting. And and also, like I say, you can show them maybe the monster that they're you know that they're fighting so they they feel like oh right it's only got 10 hit points left they don't the players don't know that and and it is it gets them a little bit more engaged in it i think Mm -hmm. you know you're not tied to just those two things there's there's quite a lot of um bits you can add into the streaming mode like if you're running a charity event or something you can have a charity ticker going along the bottom it's you're not really limited you you know advertising area if you've got sponsorship. And it just saves you having to add it all into, into OBS. So you don't have like 10,000 layers in your OBS screen trying to manage them because it's, it's impossible sometimes. And, and and you can do all of this from your same screen. So you just say, okay, we're here. We enter the encounter and this is what's happening. Display on, on, the, on the stream. Boom, and there it goes. It disappears on the screen. So yeah, just... Uh, I, I mean that's one of the main things that as a developer I wanted to do because I like my as I run my table I like my games to be super immersive you know with sound with music I mean how it even works with smart lighting if you've got some lighting there so you can control that from your control panel so if they enter a dark dank room you can queue up some music and have some dripping sounds going on and you can lower your lower your lighting in your room and it, it just makes it super immersive and then you're trying to portray that off to people that are maybe watching it as well Uh, and i think that's just something that people want to see more of Uh, definitely me as a as a player and a and a viewer i I sometimes like you say you're watching a big encounter if if you can't see anything that's happening sometimes you just feel like okay what's happening now then what what's how much is how, how many monsters are they even facing i have no idea where we can say you know you don't have to just output the one monster stat you can output the initiative tree so people can see where what's happening in in the tree and what who's coming up and oh my goodness they've got to fight oh it's his it's this bad guys go before the player that's only got like five hit points left how's that going to play out it's a bit more fun i think
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah i can see that working out yeah um since the pandemic made nearly all of us play remotely in a way or another and learn how virtual tabletops work how does this app compare to virtual tabletops it isn't one but it, yeah. it is a supplement you can help with using them how uh, how would you say the comparison is around that
2: okay so with a virtual tabletop you've got token systems and things like that we we enable you to input any any kind of maps to to UGM, so as as a GM, I can I can view my map as they uh, go into an area. Now the difference between that and a virtual tabletop is I UGM is more of a campaign developer tool, and I mean obviously it's it's connected play, so you've got the play aspect there, but. It was really for developing your areas, making sure everything you know plays well. You can then use it as a complement to your virtual tabletop. So if you're on Roll Twenty or any other virtual tabletop you use, you can have that running along the side if you want to. Now we've got some of our beta testers do do that. They have uh, UGM running everything, and then they have their token system running on Roll Twenty, but they don't use any of the Roll Twenty rules. They use everything within UGM, but they literally use roll 20 for just moving characters and stuff around around the map and they say it works really well i i don't use a virtual tabletop i use a top-down camera on of with miniatures so that's kind of how how i work with it so i would output that to, my, to, a, to a zoom or whatever I'm using for for my game uh, and I have an overview map so it this it makes it so you can run with it any way you like, um, got a virtual tabletop great, if you do theatre of the mind great, if you do uh, use a camera for your maps you can do that, so that's kind of where it complements any of the different methods of play um, and it works very well, so that's uh, how you would run with a, a VTT Okay,
0: thank you <laughs>
1: So uh, we talked a lot about all the different types of uh, features the app has, and we prepared a little example encounter and wanted to ask you in which ways the app helps with this and how it actually works. Um, So the players open a door and activate a trap. The trap gets sprung, the bandits rush in, the players fight the bandits and win, the players get their loot and find letters to those bandits about killing the players.
2: Okay, if we go into our games master mode a minute, let's create in our pirate cave map. So at the moment, um, this is just a pirate cave that we've been building up as I've been uh, doing interviews and stuff. So we'll, we'll just use this. So um, we go into number one so this is like the cave entrance as such right so here's our cave entrance people are going to come in here they're going to first of all they've opened the door and we would we, we could drop an overview on just to give you an overview of the cave this is a cave or whatever you can make it as nice as you want a bit of story if you want to dark cave and this is what kind of thing you would read out to your players dark cave looks empty and Okay, so we've opened the door. There's a trap triggered. So we grab our we can dra- grab a trap, drop it on there. What kind of trap would it be? I don't know. It could be a mechanical trap. Falling sphere, that'll kill everybody. Um collapsing roof trap. And that that we can use that as an alert for your bandits. Alert for. Bandits. So there's our there's our trap. And and then we have our encounter. So we literally drop on an encounter. And this is our bandit encounter. We'll add some bandits in there. So we'll add a bandit. We will add say six bandits and we'll, we'll give them a bit of a randomized hp so they're not all the same so we'll give them between 9 and 13 hp each so we save that. So we've well six bandits and we'll also add in our bandit captain so he might come a little bit later so we'll add him in round two save that so there's our there's our encounter of our our bandits and our captain that's going to arrive a little bit later we'll add some loot to that i don't have a letter prepared, but um we'll put a bit of parchment in there. But you would add the, you would add your items that they uh, that are a bit more bespoke into your game set. But if we do a bit of parchment, pretend that's our our letter from to kill the players. We add that in there, save that. So we've got our bandits, we've got our bandit captain, and we've got a bit of loot. And that's how you would create your area. Very crude way of doing it, but you would flesh that out as best as you want this uh, button here gives you a new track which is where i normally put in my sounds and stuff so i've got some battle music in there and i've got a wilhelm scream which there he is so we've got that going as well. So that's our little area that we've created. We'll save that. And then we play this. We go, so we've, we've now, you've done this prior to, to playing your game. And I oh know one thing we have we could add into that, we could add in a, a message as well. So this is a message that would go down to the players if you want it to. So we could say letter reads... Kill these guys. Kill them all. I say. I want an acknowledgement to make sure the players have read it, read it or not. We won't bother this time. So there's our letter, our encounter, our trap. So now, we're, now it's game's night, and we and your players are about to enter this cave. They enter the cave. You can uh, you can trigger your, some music. We've got the music playing. so if you can hear that. It's quite quite quiet over there um this is a cave you'd read this out the cave looks empty and then suddenly you trigger your trap launch your encounter it will generate the initiative of your bandits everyone would roll for initiative i'll just auto roll that for now and here's our our encounter so we've got our all of our bandits we've got our player and on the right hand corner here we've got our let me just turn that music off now (laughs) Get rid of that music. Um, so in the bottom corner, we've got our bandit captain that we know is now arriving in round two. We'll play this out so everyone takes their turn. Whose turn it is always goes in the top right hand corner. If you want to see the stats on anyone that's not got their turn, you just click them and it appears in the bottom corner. And you can use the eye drop to to have a good look at what's of a complete um, overview of their character or the monster itself as well so yeah we go down we we do our stuff um doug's doing really well he's killing everybody so we can start killing people off he thinks he's doing great goes to the next next round send a new round to players so it pops up on their screen bandit captain has now arrived and he's been rolled into it oh, he rolled really badly so he's down in in right at the bottom which is good for doug he carries on killing he has like do all this and let's just say you get to a point doug's uh, doing some damage as well he's getting damaged himself and um you manage to defeat the bandit captain boom he's dead and the other two do a runner they they peg it off so you've now we've had this encounter it's run nicely there's lots of options in there you can add people on the fly add monsters add npcs add party members because you you might have um NPCs that follow you or are a part of your kind of group, so you can add them in as well. And you have got some random stuff as well you can add in as well as pull monsters from another area in this cave if you want to. So they've they, they've gone and and this encounter is now finished. We close that. We've now got our XP awarded. So loot is auto generated from the XP from the encounter. Five hundred and fifty XP was awarded for killing the bandits and the bandit captain, and we've got our bandit loot there as well. So we distribute the, the XP. And then we, we can open up our loot distribution screen. And we've got this parchment sheet, which is our letter. So they would take that. So you can see in the bottom corner as a GM, you can see who's taking what as a player, you can only see what you've taken, which is quite fun, because sometimes they fight for the loot. Oh, who can get who can get the find the platinum first. <laughs> uh, you finish the loot, looting and saved, and, and then you can click on the letter and send the message. Yeah, who you sending it to? Send it to everyone, and off it goes. And then that will then pop up as a letter on their screen, and is stored within their their notes for their character. So that's kind of how you would build up that very simple area. You enter, trigger a trap. Bandits come in, kill the bandits, get the letter, and award loot and
0: experience nice that's rather quick that, that that's really helpful yeah especially when you created that you you've had this drag and drop line where you can basically just drag whatever in in that's what it. you want and that's genius for any gm having this quick drag and drop line where you can basically just add everything you want yeah customize to the point where it's perfect for you now i have a question about xp yeah since we also have a player mode or, 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 or an area for players where they can have the character sheet. Could they also level up in the game? Yeah. yeah so they can- the when game. they get the XP they reach a point where they would level up so they would get probably also a Q.
2: Yeah, if we come out and I'll show you the character sheet so there's his XP, this is all of his stats, abilities and stuff you can see his equipment um, any traits, feats and stuff that he has, there's his fighter features along with things like features that have uses that need to reset You keep, it keeps track of all of that as well but yeah, so if for example Doug, let's give him a, a whole load of XP, so You would get something like that pop up on your screen. Um, Again, this is as you're, you know, this is running on fifth edition rules. So if you're playing a game that has different um, progression, you, you would have that in there as well. But because we've hit that level nine limit for Doug, he gets the message. In the bottom corner, you've got this little gold arrow thing here and that is your level up just to give him a a little heads up that he still hasn't leveled up his character and he needs to do it so they might do that at the next rest or or something but yeah it's all all there so yeah you've got everything everything you need as a player on your screen there Um, and if we were playing a network game that that letter note thing that we had there he would have taken that and it would have been displayed in his notepad Um, and you can also send like um, images as well so if you've if you're really good at photoshop or something like that and you've created this really nice looking letter you can output that as a, as a jpeg or something like that and then send that to your characters and then that appears in the top left hand corner where it says no image and they can then click that and get a full size screen image of that letter and read it and that's stored against their character sheet then which is really nice because they they can then look at things like he's got in there a, a map of the ruins and that's really really quite useful for, for them because they don't have to have bits of paper. Um, that, that they all, they all, you know, we all know it, if you give them a piece of paper, come to next session, they've lost it, it's gone and they can't find it. So at least this way, as long as they don't lose their device, they've they've got, they've got all the handouts all against their character sheet.
0: Okay, so you talked about how immersion is very important for you. And for me, a big part of immersion is music and sounds. Uh And especially I have a tablet with like 25 playlists for different things, combat, boss fights, travel, every kind of travel, travel by sea, travel by carriage, travel by foot, travel through a desert and all that stuff. Switching between those playlists. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah takes some time. And the thing is that if that time is too long, that basically breaks immersion. If I if I, yeah, if I have to switch up the playlist. So, how does this app help me with that? How can I quickly switch music? How does the music integration generally work? Well, what you would do when you're building up your areas, you would drop in whatever
2: tracks are relevant for that area, or if you've got a particular playlist that you always use for a certain area you can drop that in and you've got access to that so in this pirate cave i i'm gonna be um firing up sort of dripping or something like that kind of sounds and they're they're stored against the area then so if i if i play tavern for instance so you know a tavern will always have some kind of tavern music playing so whenever i create a tavern i then create a a tavern Kind of based music enter the tavern tavern music starts playing so i've got that and that's and that is stored against this area so i would then do my tavern scene and i come out and i go to the mansion and the music's changed automatically for me if that's how i want it you can trigger it yourself or you can make it um automatically crossfade to this area um and then you've got you know, you've know, you got some sound effects there as well if you want to. You can build this up. Um, they they exit here, they go back to the tavern. You get a nice crossfade, and they're back in the tavern. So you, you can kind of use it to build up the different areas and the moods for those different areas. So you don't need to go hunting through playlists. It's there. I mean, you saw how quick that was to go from one area to another. Automatically change the track. Um, and that's all controllable in here so you can control the volume of the track you can say whether it auto starts whether it loops or not so if you're using a wav or an og file uh, it can automatically seamlessly loop it for you you've got access to all of our own download bundles we don't charge anything for our bundles so they'll be constantly added to um, and that's a part of the subscription or the kickstarter whatever you've you've come in on um but you can also add a local file so if you've got any music track that you want stored on your own machine you can attach that and play that again if you've got something on a remote server you can do the same so there's there's lots of different ways to do that and yeah you, you just you don't like the, that music you can change it to a cemetery just preview it whatever and you, you just build up the mood however you want it same goes with sound effects so if we sort of drop on a dragon in the tavern because everyone likes a dragon in the tavern and um you know, you've got the tavern music comes up the players oh this is nice uh, and then you've got a dragon breathing in the corner <laughs> and then you, <laughs> you can fade out the music or, or whatever there so yeah it's very powerful and as i mentioned earlier if you've got sirenscape or spotify or something you can you can use that and 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 call your sounds from those so you've got lots of lots of different sound options there and the other um nice thing that, that we added for um a little bit of immersion is if um so if we come out of here and go back into the mansion if you if this is like a big Area that you're approaching and they've been working towards it. You've also got what we call scene animations. So you can drop in a scene animation. Let me say, okay, it's gonna be a zoom crash. Um the something like that. And we'll say, I right, take, take three second hold on that. Then when they enter that area, you can trigger, and this this then works on everyone's device. It will fade out their character sheets, it fades out whatever the stream, it goes on the stream, and it can go on your spectator. And they arrive in this area, you push the play button. And you get boom and it 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 kind of sets the scene, and then you do that with the music starting as well, and you've got everything there and then one of the things that um we added because it's fun is um in our table they crack really bad jokes, so um on my quick controls, I've got a tumbleweed that goes across as well that we that we do and and then that goes across their across their character sheets and things as well, so they now okay, come on, let's get on with it <laughs> just it's fun. Um, and these are kind of your global area so you can add global controls and global scene changes or global sounds and music in here as well which you know for things that you use regularly like a scream you can add you can add things that are accessible all the time in 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 there and that also holds things like your timer list as well so if you've got lots of timers going on um things that you can interact with the with the players, the characters, and very and quick like, access your compendiums if you need to. So, yeah, it's quite powerful.
1: And uh, one thing I like to use is um, discussing backstory elements or uh, important story elements with specific players privately or hand them notes they find from a backstory person that not everybody sees them taking the note um, to prevent them from metagaming in some sort or keeping the suspense high. Yeah. Um, Is there a way the app helps with that?
2: So what you can do, if there's any particular um, kind of thing that you want, you've got a a message element um, and you've got a question element. So you could go in here and create a character message on the fly. So you could go into messaging if you're connected and, and write them a message and send it directly to a single player or... Sometimes you know, in the middle of a game, if you're, it can break the immersion. But if you know when you get to this point that you've got um something, maybe uh one of the bandits, as he was about to drop down dead, gives the gives one of the players something. You could drop in a message there, and this is a different one to the one we did earlier on. And you can say, um, so let's just say this particular bad, the big, well, as you killed the big bad bandit, join us. Message from bad guy and will you join us and you can say okay uh yes no kill him i don't know or you can do a free a free type answer so it allows them to just type in their reply so if you you know as you run that bad guy through the last one you can you you've now got this prepared you don't have to type anything in okay i'm going to send this message that's the message that we're going to send in and i'm going to send it only to doug and off it goes and then on his screen, it will pop up with your message that you've just sent him, with some op- with a very quick options of yes, no, and kill him. And then when he clicks those, um, depending on which one he clicks, it will then send the reply straight back to me. So everyone else around the table has no clue what's going on, and they don't need to, which is you know that works really well. Um, so it's just that's a, that's a very quick way of communicating directly with with your players.
1: So. The same thing with the questions works with the messages as well right you can just send the message to a player if you walk through a city and someone just you greet someone and they slip you a piece of parchment and then you can just send the piece of parchment to the player that you want to send it to without anybody finding out
2: same thing you just you just grab a message grab a message on there and and send it but if, if they're doing something like that you might want to instead of sending a message um, like I say, if you if you've created something in Photoshop, you can drop on an image component there. There's our letter.
0: So, um,
2: I'm not sure. Nobody asked you. <laughs> <laughs> um, message from I. So you can say send that, and you can have enable that to send to players then. So as as you're you're running your city encounters, city area, um, you've got this this little message here um and you've got the envelope in the top corner so if i want to i can click it and i can look at it but i can also click on the envelope and send it to a particular player and that's where that will then be stored in their notes if you remember what on the character sheet you had that note area that will appear in there and then they will get this they can click it they can zoom in and they can depending on what you're doing they can they can read the the note and and see what it see what it does which is uh, yeah so that's that's definitely
1: something you can do That's super useful for me. And uh, because as players usually do, they often derail your sessions sometimes. (laughs) How good, uh, or how well can I still take notes in the app to keep track of what I, uh, or when I should get back to the things I've prepared? Is there a way? So,
2: um, well, like if they've gone off, off on a tangent and you need to get things back.
1: Yeah, and taking notes on how long they took for that, and managing how everything else shaped in this time.
2: Yeah, I mean you you've got access in in your and you've got your timekeeping up the top here. So if you want to keep track of things like, you just click it and you can cycle through lots of different times. You can add add them. Um, like I always keep track of the last long rest time and things like that. Um, and I always keep track of campaign time as well, so you know if I want to just add on an hour or so, I can just do that, and that will keep track of of you know what's happening in the in the day. Um, that's very easy, and I use that a lot. If if for example you get to an end uh, an end of a session and you want to make notes of what where you're at and things like that, if if it's not apparent to what you've already dropped onto this screen, first thing when you end your session you exit back out to the lobby where you've got all your characters and stuff. This this will save your current area. So when you then rejoin with this campaign, it will jump you back to this position. So you always know where you're going back to. But if there's any particular notes that you want and you don't want to forget, um, there's a, a wrap-up point which you can drop in and you can always write any notes in here at the end of the session. Uh, remember that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you can also again send that to the players so that they everyone knows where you're at and they can quickly read before we start playing. Um yeah, and you've you've got our end of session marker there with the tent. Um, and you can add what you like into that. So yeah, you, you can you can do that kind of thing. Or if I mean sometimes they've done it to me before where they completely go off on a on a whim and you and it's nothing to do, you've got no prep for anything. Creating things on the fly is very is very quick as well if they go off like somewhere where you just got no pre- prep for you can say okay you can just do a bit of smoke and mirrors with them so you if you're on your device you can very quickly just put something together for them oh they uh they arrive in uh they go through the woods and, you, and you, you're kind of talking as you go in and you can just build this up as you go and you don't have to go crazy because all you want to do is get them back on track so you can say okay <laughs> okay there's a there's an encounter here. They go, they bump into a, an Aboleth in the woods, sort of sliming around on the floor. Okay. You look ahead of you and there is an Aboleth. What do you want to do? Well, I'm going to turn back around and go back. Oh, fantastic. Right. There we go. Or yeah, you know, you can make it a bit more plausible than that, but you can build things up very quickly as you go, if you need to. Um, and you can also have a lot of random stuff up your sleeves as well. So if you go into game set editor, uh, you've got some random encounters here. So if we just create one, it is going to be based on a D4 and then you just build this up. So you say, okay, if if they roll uh, one to three, it's a small encounter. And if they roll their four, it's a, a large encounter and then we'd say, okay, they've in, in this particular area, they have found if it's a small encounter, they've come across between three and five goblins and their enemies save that if they roll a four which is a large encounter they come across 10 to 12 goblins or something and they've got a random hit points as well so they might be a bit more tougher and then when you get to add this in so if we save that now and we go back to our little area so this is stuff that you you could build up as you know uh, in the campaigns you can have a whole load of different randoms there for you and they go to this new area, and we'll add our random in. So we add our random encounter, and they enter this area. It's automatically going to roll you between 1 and 4, and they must have rolled between 1 and 4 because it's a small encounter. So there's your randomly generated encounter. So you you can do things like that and have some random stuff um, pre-prepared if they do decide to go off and do something odd. You can have some random stuff in the background. Same goes for loot. You can have random loot as well. But, um yeah, it's lots of lots of options, lots of options there if um for whatever you need to do.
0: basically, when you have to create something on the fly quick, you have a lot of random options that basically help you still go with the flow of the game,
2: yeah, and you don't have to you don't have to leave that area you know if they if they're in here and you think, okay, they've gone off on one, and you can just quickly drop on an encounter or drop on a note or an image or something you've got. Um, that sort of says don't go this way. I don't know. Whatever you're, whatever you want to tell them, really.
0: Yeah, nice. I had a question about features you've scrapped because of complexity, maybe other reasons. Are there any things that didn't make it into the final product with the Kickstarter now?
2: Not really. We've not scrapped any features. A lo- um, some features have been enhanced, but we've not we've not really developed anything or thought of developing something and then thought. No, this is no good. We'll get rid of that because we. I mean, the way the way that we develop is our our uh, weekly game is always on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. We play. We play. um, I mean, we've been using UGM for probably about eighteen months now. You know, from a not as polished as this, and every and every week, we. If someone says, "Oh, I wish it did this," or "It'd be great if that option also did this," and we'll at the end of the session, we'll go, "Okay, so let's just very quickly talk about what." that thing we said how would that benefit everyone or would it annoy a lot of you if i if we added that and most of the time it's like yeah actually it would be it would be a really handy feature and the same as a gm i've been i've been running like for 18 months and if there's something i think oh i wish i'd done that i would go away in the week write a very crude version of it to to stick in there and then play test it on our next session um and the same if, if the players came up with something i would add add a very rough version of it and, and release it to my players so they can use it in the next session and they, and they can then get some feedback so it's kind of that's been the best way that we've found of, of doing this development because we've been adding stuff in that we think oh it needs this so there's never been a point of me sat kind of here without my team and thought oh, i'll add this in see if it's useful because if we're playing and it's not and they've not come across it then most of the time it's not going to be useful Uh if there's something i think oh actually that is really good or i've seen um from watching a stream somewhere that there's a method that that gm particularly uses a lot i think oh how could i possibly implement that with a new gm and i'll go away and and add that in i mean one of those was with the encounter system the ability to keep track of who's last attacked who so one i mean it's not in this version but if if we go back to that encounter that we were that we were playing with so one of the things that was added from ideas from from other people was on this on the screen here where you've got your um whose go it is or who you've clicked on in the bottom corner is gonna there's gonna be a couple of extra things there that allow you to immediately click on and it will select who 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 last attacked you so you might be able to or the person that doug is attacking so doug might be attacking bandit five and we go round round the the order and we get back and we can't remember who's been attacking so you can click on that and it'll automatically go boom and bandit five Will appear down there, so he knows and you know what's going on. That that is uh, quite useful, um, and also who last attacked you, so you can see the last person that like you might have been hit by an arrow. Um, and I, as a as a DM, I can then always tell who the last person attacked him was so when i get back to that bandit i know who he's been attacking and i can't forget oh, who, who did he fire that arrow at was it him or him or him i can't remember um and that's that's now uh, attached to their their little list here which is useful so as as for things that have been um taken out or scrapped i honestly can't think of any i mean that's perfect <laughs>
0: yeah as uh, as a system developer myself not scrapping any features is perfect mm. the way you can it's the best case scenario yeah. if all the features you want to have actually work and how you want them work perfectly that's that's what you want
2: yeah yeah exactly and and we'll, as and it's, it's, you always find with with um companies or or people that don't play the game that they're creating um it doesn't make any sense because if you've got to have a passion in in like ttrpgs if you're developing something like the ultimate games master because you use it and you see what's wrong with it as you're mm. using it, so you change it or you you make things more accessible. To you think, oh, where oh, where where's that? Where did I put that button? Or you know, oh, I need that button a lot better. I'll put it in the quick menu, and so we so it's very quick to access it um, and things like that. It, it's yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, one last question. This is now just your opinion. Uh, how helpful is this app? <laughs>
2: How oh, helpful, is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. For I'll start with our players. It is really helpful. They can, like I say, they can track everything. Anything and everything. They can even track custom things. Like one of my players likes, he's got a dragon killed counter that he likes to, he's only on one, and he only got that one the other week. But he's hoping that that's, he can click that up but yeah it's completely customizable it is massively useful because like i say you can store anything against your character sheet you can make your own notes you can get the notes from your gm you're connected to the gm now for a games master i mean it makes my life so easy it's unbelievable drag and drop interface while i'm creating a campaign is so fast i mean we created that little area in in under like three minutes um including an encounter and the ability to have You'd be able to auto roll your um your encounter bad guys so you you just enter the area it's all done properly you're not just conjuring ups and figures for their initiative it's rolling it in the background it's doing it properly for you so it's completely fair um and the players can use their dice if they want to or they can use an in-app, in the in-app roller you've got um as a as a gm <clears throat> because you're connected like so you can you can fire stuff off in private to your players that's really good and then you've got your spectator mode and your streaming mode which for people that like to just have a spare device just to see what their party is see who's, who's really bad badly injured and stuff it's really useful uh, and things like familiars and uh, wild shapes appear on there as well so you can see if the druid is a killer whale at this point in time uh, and, it, and it will change their their portrait picture as well so you can you've got it's great fun and i think as as a as a player in the gm it's made our games really fun i mean obviously it's fun anyway i mean i've you know this all comes from just people sat around a table with a piece of paper and some dice you know it's always been fun but it, it just takes it that little step further where it just brings that immersion completely immerses your players in in the game and then sort of add to that with the cross play it will work on any device pc mac um, ios android they all talk to each other so androids can talk to Macs and to ios so that all works so it doesn't matter what device your players have they should be able to use it you've got multi game sets in there let's say from launch we're looking at 5e 3.5 pathfinder first second and starfinder as the big the big 5 um but you've got the open rule set so if if you want to tweak any of that, you can. If you're a rule, if you're a, uh, an author, a rules or campaign author, you've got the tools for that to just very quickly build areas up and play test them on your own. You know, with you, just just by running the the area. And um, as we release campaigns and stuff, they all come pre-populated, so you, they they don't come you have to type it all in. It just you you open the bundle and you've got a one shot to play or what's really useful if your players do go completely off the rails you can pull in a one shot based on a level so if you if if your if your players are level 3 uh, and they're out at sea and they go completely a different direction and this is one thing that we did with with our game a few weeks back I pulled in a Pirate Cove one shot straight into their campaign so like what you were saying earlier what can you do to make it interesting you don't have to very quickly build up an area you can pull in a one shot and just play through it and uh, have that a part of your, of your of your adventure so it becomes a part of it but the the last thing that is really useful is the fact that you've got you can have completely offline play so your GM is not connected to anybody. Your players aren't connected to anybody. So they use their character sheets just in a traditional way. Your GM could use it, um, use his or her character um, GM campaign tools um, and access them without being connected. You've then got LAN play mode. So if you've got no internet, you could rock up to a castle in the middle of nowhere with a power pack, plug a router into it and and with no internet but still play a connected game. So you can connect to each other locally via a peer-to-peer kind of connection and play exactly as you would as if you were sat in in your normal building. And then you've got cloud play where which is the most usable kind of one which is where the cloud would handle your network game for you and it dis- distributes the traffic and stuff like that so it makes it really easy to play a network game play a LAN party game or play in the middle of nowhere with with no reception whatsoever so you've always you can always go and play your game um i think they're some of the really cool points and how super useful it can be to anybody really
1: and because it's so useful how and where can people find you online?
2: Okay, so mainly ultimategamesmaster.com is where you'll find us. Um, from there, you can join our Discord where uh, the development, te- development team are always on there, always talking and chatting to um, uh, like people that are interested in stuff. Um, also on our website, you can see our link to our Kickstarter. Um, it's on the main launch page. It says ultimategamesmaster.com and our Kickstarter started yesterday. And it runs till mm, the 26th of August, I think. All right.
1: So um, this gets us to the end of our episode. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. There you can find our link tree where our link to our Discord is. And yeah, thanks for listening and hear you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you, Justin.
0: See you later.